Hey, what's going on everybody? This is Brendan Hauser with Evoke Bike. So I want to preface this video with the fact that Hunter Allen is the OG. Hunter Allen is a guy that I look up to. Hunter Allen is one of the people when I started Evoke, I was like, man, if this dude can pull this off and do what he's done, maybe I can make a business out of this sharing my experience with cycling. He did recently post, it was about a month ago, an article about why polarized training is not for you. And there's just some things in the article that I really don't feel are true and I think can actually more burn out a lot of cyclists. It tends to prescribe training more along the trainer road style where they claim for a person on a time crunched budget of hours, say 10 to 12 hours of training, which is still a solid amount of training, you should be training more intensely. You don't have time to be training endurance. And I'm just disagreeing with that. I'm not trying to tear somebody down. I'm just saying I want to promote something that is what I find much more fun than what he's proposing. And he sort of gives polarized training this bad name of polarized training that is either very, very, very easy and you're riding slow like a turtle or doing intervals where you're smashing your head against the wall. And that is not true. That is not correctly training in a polarized manner. Polarized training is definitely keep the easy easy, but endurance rides are not always easy. Keep the hard stuff hard. I do believe a lot of cyclists are still not going easy enough, so their hard sessions are truly very difficult, but there is some riding in the middle. And so I just want to go through this article and really at the end help you get a sense of, okay, what should my percentages of training zones be? Let's forget a polarized model. Let's forget a sweet spot model. Let's get something that is manageable for you because one of the problems with these higher intensity plans is that you can see results initially pretty quickly. I cannot tell you the number of emails that I have received that, hey, over the past 12 months or 18 months, I've done this, I've stagnated, I'm super burnt out, I don't wanna ride. It does not go well for the long term. If you love cycling, which is probably why you got into training, like I started to love the bike, and then I was like, hey, I should try and get better at this. Whereas if you train, and if you follow Inigo San Milan, if you follow these other people online that are talking about endurance, 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 it's what we've been preaching on this channel for so long. And I'm not special in saying, I figured this out. It's just what works, what is also very fun and will help you with your hard efforts. If you don't know why endurance will help you with your threshold power, your VO2 max performance, watch the old video, Why Ride Endurance on this channel. I tried to break down everything physiologically, what is actually happening when you ride endurance. So in Hunter's article, he really lays it out in caps, in bold, polarized training is not for you. And he says, he prefaces, hey, unless you are like under 30, you're trying to become a pro, or you're going for masters nationals, or you're doing big volume, but for the time crunched athlete, this is not for you. And I would disagree with this. He does say that polarized training works. It's not like he's totally trashing it, but he promotes that your distribution should be a traditional bell curve. 10% recovery, 25% endurance, 35% tempo, 15% FTP, 10% VO2 max, and 5% anaerobic. If you look at many athletes training who are doing it correctly, if they're training 10% VO2 max and 5% anaerobic, I would tell them you are smashing way too hard and way too much. 
that is way harder. The amount of time of spending 50% of your time at Tempo and FTP is just massive. That's literally on a 10 hour week, you're riding five hours at Tempo and Threshold instead of doing polarized training. He says, do the traditional method, spend more time at Tempo and Sweet Spot, which will create enough training stress to keep you fit on your limited budget of 10 to 12 hours a week. And those intensities are doable. The problem with this is we know that that is more leaning towards training the glycolytic system. You are more training your body to use carbohydrates for fuel when you could be training the fat oxidation and using more of the aerobic pathways to create power, which will allow you to put out the same amount of watts for less physiological cost. That is a huge proponent of you doing well in a group ride, bike race, long ride, short effort. Even a two minute max effort has a massive aerobic component to it. We want to become aerobic athletes. So training your glycolytic system when you are only doing tempo and threshold is not a good idea for an endurance sport, even if you're only training 10 to 12 hours a week. And then the training levels affect, no offense to these guys, when Frank and Andy Coggin put out their sweet spot chart, it literally on the y-axis has arbitrary units and if you look at the exercise intensity the training effect curve that magically shows that sweet spot is the best the training effect curve at zone two and zone six is at the same arbitrary unit level that makes no sense so train the same amount of endurance and train the same amount of anaerobic capacity and you're going to get the same result that doesn't take a scientist to show that this is so fake and made up. So no offense to you guys. I know you're trying to illustrate a point, but it just is so confusing to so many people. I have never received an email that said, Hey man, I decided to train more aerobically. I did more endurance miles. I did more base miles and I'm burnt out or I'm having worse Watts. The email is always, I embraced endurance. I cannot believe the numbers that I'm seeing. Hey, I started going easier. I can't believe how much harder I'm going on my hard efforts. That is the science that works. That is not me saying this. Look at Inigo Samalan, Tade's coach. He preaches this. This is what is the truth. Okay. There's a misunderstanding too of endurance rides and very slow. The nice thing about endurance to reap benefit, you can ride at 60% FTP. You could ride a little bit higher towards 75% FTP. What we've been finding, and not just me talking to other coaches, newer athletes and on a shorter endurance ride, riding towards 70, 75% FTP seems very manageable. It seems like a pace that they could maintain for a long time. As athletes do more hours and leave this time crunch zone and athletes that have much larger FTPs, maintaining 75% FTP for a four hour ride, let's say, is quite difficult. And so those athletes more should be leaning into 60 to 65% of TP. There's going to be no right exact number. A lot of that you want to incorporate RPE. We've been saying on this channel, if you are gritting your teeth on an endurance ride saying, I'm going to hold 200 watts today. And you're really overly focused on that. You're training too hard. That is not endurance. And also incorporate heart rate into this. Now there's a myriad of factors. And some people who have been listening to me for a long time are thinking, did he just say heart rate? It is something more that I've circled back towards because I was not coached with heart rate. I was coached strictly on power, but I'm seeing the benefits of using both, having both metrics, 
watching the cardiac drift, but also understanding how much heart rate can fluctuate because of temperature, dehydration, you know, there's so many different c caffeine levels. So there's a lot of things that can change that. So use that wisely. Use your brain. Why is my heart rate changing? Is it from the ride or is it from some external factors? To address that there's no in-between riding, there is a benefit to riding at tempo. There is a benefit to riding at, dare I say, sweet spot. There is a benefit to riding at threshold. But we know now you don't need to be doing tempo more than once a week. To train your FTP, it might be better to be doing over-unders as opposed to riding at constant power. And I'm saying this as someone who trained at constant power for many years because that's what we knew then. We always want to have the learning mindset. I have no problem looking back 10 years ago and say, wow, we were doing it wrong or said differently, we could have been doing it better. Now, also to the point of the hard intervals always have to be head bangers, head against the wall. I strongly disagree with that because when we are training VO2 max known to be some of the hardest training on the bike, you might have a five by five session where you're doing it by power. That is going to be very difficult. And that is probably more of a headbanger session. However, there's also hard start intervals where you're doing a hard start simply to elevate your heart rate and then fluttering, keeping it above your heart rate, above 90% heart rate max. That is not much of a headbanger session. It's tough, but it's actually quite enjoyable when you complete it. And it is RPE wise often ranked much easier to do than doing five by fives by power. You can train view to max in a number of different ways that we have laid out and they are not all horrible headbanging sessions. So don't think that doing the hard training has to be horrible. Sure. Some of these intervals still give me anxiety before because I'm like, okay, got to go do this. Got to get pumped up. Got to, I got to know that this is going to hurt a little bit, but it's not horrible. And when you're done, it's like, damn, I'm so stoked that I did that today. So going back to the training distribution percentages, really it's, unless you're on a trainer, it's going to be very, very difficult to nail 10% recovery. Most athletes have way more time spent on recovery. That's why one of my first blog posts was try to ride an endurance ride and only have 10% on that one ride. You're going to have more if you're doing intervals because you're in recovery in between them. But that's really hard to hit even on one ride, let alone the whole week. So let's say we give recovery time at 20% for the week, which is still a stout ask for most athletes. Zone two riding should be 50 to 60% of your training. That includes the weekend rides. That includes during the week. You're probably going to have three endurance only rides during the week. Zone three, I would say 15 to 20% of training. Zone four should be 5% plus or minus. Zone five, about 2%. And zone six, about 2%. So really the way you can make those easier is, because if you're doing over-unders, it's like, are you gonna split the time between the overtime at VO2 max, and then the under time is really tempo time, and that training is not really VO2 max training, unless you get VO2 max adaptations from the slow component, which is a whole other video. I would say look at it as sessions, which we've talked about one really hard session during the week, one moderate session, a ton of endurance in between. And then this changes, this is beyond the scope of this video. This changes where you're at in your season. I've been doing loads of base miles, loads of endurance. If you follow me on Strava, you saw I did a 30 hour week, mainly endurance. It was 25 hours into that week, I believe. Someone can correct me if I'm wrong. 
and I did a power test up tram climb and did 430 for almost 20 minutes after just doing endurance. This is exactly what Inigo San Milan is talking about in his tweet about his own experience with riding tons of endurance and then doing a power test. I didn't reply with this answer because that seems very self-serving on his on his post, but this is the truth. Endurance miles work. This is actually, I'm going to talk about in another video, my training calendar, why I'm not doing these February races. One is I couldn't make it to one that's coming up. The other is I don't want to start racing yet. I reap so much from these big base periods that when I was in Rochester, we had to have, because it was winter, you were on a fixed gear bike and there was no race events to go to because it was snowing beyond the scope of this video. So lastly, you know, the, the point of the big end line of his video was, so why do you want to avoid polarized training? Because it's not fun. And he puts periods between each word for emphasis. Endurance rides should be super fun. Endurance rides should be riding with your friends and avoid all the coasting, you know, ride with people who actually want to ride. Those should be the long rides. If you, and if you can't do a long ride, it's your two hour ride. It's maybe your three hour ride. Try to get those in. They are so valuable, but those should be really fun rides. Endurance rides are the ones I look forward to the most. They are super fun and it's not crawling like a snail. The bell curve distribution is what sounds horrible and not fun. 50% five hours at zone three and four. If you do that, you can complete it. You can go do it. After six months, you are not going to be loving the bike. You are not going to be loving your trainer. You are not going to want to go ride. Most people won't at least. And it's definitely training more glycolytically than you want to be. So I would highly suggest that you don't do that. If you are trying to become a better cyclist for this year, next year, and stay cycling down the road. So let's break it down again, 10 to 12 hours. If you follow a bell curve, you would be doing one hour at zone one. You'd be only doing two hours at zone two, three and a half hours of tempo, an hour and a half of threshold, an hour of zone five and 30 minutes of zone six just not feasible. So I got an email from an athlete who had laid out his calendar with this manner and with those percentages. And I said, man, where did you get this from? This sounds insanely hard and quite possibly no offense. I don't think you could do this. He said, oh, from this email. So this is why I'm posting this. It's not to bash anybody. And if Hunter sees this, yo, dude, you are the OG. Much respect. I'm just trying to put out what I think is a better way to look at this polarized is way overhyped as all easy and all really hard. That is not polarized training. So everybody, good luck with your training. And don't forget to mention, please like the video, share it with a friend. If you're listening on Apple or Spotify, please, please, please take two seconds and leave us a review. It helps us out so much. Let's the algorithms know that this is a worthwhile cycling podcast for other athletes to check out too. Thank you for your help. Talk to you soon. Let's get it.